Welcome to 353rd, a bi-weekly podcast covering the impact of the internet on business. This is episode number 38. Today is Friday, June 15th, 2012. I am Anders Brownworth. And I am Scott Barstow. On today's show, we wanted to discuss identity curation. This is a term that I, I think I came up with. I might be wrong. But it has to do with this trend that I'm seeing where, for whatever reason, you know, call it the person that's uh, curating their online identity through a YouTube channel or a Twitter feed or whatever it happens to be. And I've just seen this proliferation of, you know, subscribe to me. I'm, I'm, I'm counted by my number of subscribers. And, and this always seems to be the goal. How many followers do I have? How, how do I get more subscribers? How do I get more uh, blog readers or, or uh, you know, hits on my website? And I got, it got me to thinking, why, do you, why is that the goal, first of all? And more, probably more importantly, what is the point? Why, do you, why are you doing this in the first place? Uh, to make that be a goal. Uh, and it seems to be fairly deep-rooted in society that we want to be listened to. But at some point, you get a post, you do a post on your blog, and it, and it goes up on a big website, and you get a mountain of traffic overnight, just, just floods you. And then two, three weeks later, it's tailed off and you're back to where you were and there's very little measurable change uh, in, your, in your total uh, exposure. And so I got to thinking, you know, does that really make sense? Or, or now what you've done is you've paid for all of this traffic. Is that helping you? Is that, the, is that really what the goal should be? And so I just wanted to discuss this. I know you had some thoughts, Scott, on this as well. I do. I think the... I think the need for what you what you call the need for uh, people to pay attention to you, I think that's rooted at least in the online community. In when you were when you when websites were first launched and uh, and back in back in the day, I think it, your success was measured by how much you know what your page rank was and you know, how many hits you had per day and your, you know, your ranking on various um, search engine sites or whatever. And I think there's this, we're in a period of transition where it's no longer about necessarily the quantity of people following you, but it's, but it's much more about your ability to cultivate, I think, the culture that is you and the environment that is you and be okay with people either liking or not liking that. Yeah. So is it it's, fair to say that, that you're a brand now? We've, I think so. Yeah. I think, yeah. and there's a, there's, there's a lot of books that have been written about and furthermore, not just books, but there's blog posts about, you know, how to get more Twitter followers and five easy steps and yeah. that sort of thing. <laughs> and I think that, I think a lot of those, while I think those are those posts are written to attract attention to the person writing them and allow them to get more followers, and I think the for me this is the process that you have to go through 
to be attractive and have people pay attention to you is that there's something that has to go on internally where you're figuring out who you are and what your voice is. For me, there's this process that you need to go through to figure out what you're going to say, how you're going to say it, and what you're going to be about online, and then be that person consistently. Uh-huh. And, and I think one of the things that is a problem right now is that just like it was back when you know adwords first came out it was you know how to you can you can stuff your your website full of garbage in order to move yourself up the up the page right yeah moving yourself up the chain in adwords or what you know buying your way up and i think by and large the noise that that created that's what we're dealing with today yeah. is it's almost if you're i mean you if you're not on the first page and i would argue if you're not above the fold on the first page in certain search results you can forget it yeah and that's a very hard game to play yeah you know you really do have to know how to work the system to get there or you have to legitimately be a real presence on the net in so, order to be up there and so i think for me this process that you're talking about is one of being true and being who you are if you have a desire to have this online identity and you know be about something or be about a group of somethings you're know, just a group of topics if there's something you want to be known for talking about then i think your job is to talk about it consistently and to put forward a consistent message you know some days you're going to make it some days you're going to miss some days you're going to be way off but I think by and large, what I've found is that what attracts people to you is that you show up every day yeah. and talk about something. So you're on, you're on target. So one of the things you said to me at, at, at another point was how you were purposely trying to keep your identity consistent across all of the mediums. And by that, I mean Twitter, blog, uh, whatever else it might be. Mm-hmm. Try to have the same voice. Try to be saying the same things. Don't try to have a thing where your blog is for your family and your Twitter account is for your professional followers and your Facebook identity is for your family or, or, you know, kind of all over the place. Rather than that, just be one consistent entity online. So that, that makes sense. But then the problem is on the other side... Well, then you either curate a totally different uh, identity, a different person for your family that than you do for your business, for uh-huh. example. And and you're you're running a small business, and, I, and I'm not, so I'm not. I, I'm in a different boat than you are. Sure. But for that, clearly, I mean, you know, in the age of Facebook, where we have drunken pictures being found by employers and dead ending the prospects of somebody just out of college getting hired. I mean, it's the same thing for your your personal use of the internet versus your professional image. So you have those two separate things and you do have to think about them. But the but what you need to do, I think, is come back to the reason that you're there. Like, why sure. are you there professionally? And why are you there personally? Is yeah. there, you just had a kid, you have you want a grandma and everybody else to be able to see the pictures. That's a perfectly valid reason. And there is a very strong set of options for you on the internet if that's the way you want to use it. But that 
should be separate from your professional identity. Are we talking about two different things? Do you curate two different things? I think the I think the answer to that is that you have to. And the reason that I say that is because I have, you know, I've got a what is essentially a personal blog at scottbarstow.com. Yeah. And that, you know, I started writing when I was I started I have I have 300 posts on there. So I started writing 3 or 4 years ago. Yeah. And really over the last two years, I've probably done the majority of those posts. So I was doing it before I had even started my own company. You know, at, there were times when I would just write on some political thing that was going on or, uh, you know, or some hot button social issue. So yeah. there were times when I wrote about those things back when I was first getting started. But what I found recently is that when I show up or somebody introduces me to somebody and I'm getting, I hop on a phone call with somebody I've never met, it's almost inevitable that within the first three minutes of the conversation, someone will say, I was on your site and reading your blog and I really liked what you said about X. Right. So what I have to think about when I write something is, what if this person you know, is completely different from me ideologically, yeah. the person that's reading, you know, and it's not that you don't, I don't think you, you go so far as to say, I'm never going to offend somebody because that's impossible. Sure. But what I've, and you have what to I've, stand for something. Right. But what I've done is I've consciously made a decision to move away from social issues almost entirely. Yeah. Because, you know, I don't want the fact that I believe something one way to mm-hmm. necessarily affect I mean it doesn't mean I don't want to have a conversation with somebody. Yeah. And so why would I want to put something out there that skews uh you know skews somebody or makes them think that I must be this kind of person because I wrote something. Yeah, or or not be able to be convinced or or right. you, exactly. because you're putting it out there for a perpetuity. It this is yep. something it's evergreen content essentially. You put That's it right. on a blog, you put it up, maybe a couple of people comment, and then it sits there for 25, 50 years. That's yeah. what's well, going to happen. That's right. Well, here's a great example of that. I wrote something this was probably this was very early, probably 3 or 4 years ago. I wrote a blog post about how to create my brother had a Sonos uh home audio system. Yeah. Cool. And it was just sweet. Yeah. But I couldn't afford it. And so I stole it. I wrote I wrote a <laughs> that's right. That's right. I I wrote a post about how to create essentially the same thing uh-huh. by piecing technology together. Sure. And it was I think it ended up costing me a Sonos was twelve hundred bucks and I think I spent two hundred yeah. and got everything I needed. For yeah. that. So I wrote this post. Three or four years later, whatever it is, it is it is to this day always in the top five. <laughs> yeah. my blog post. Yeah, and it was just something I wrote because it, I thought it was interesting. I'd solve this problem a different way. Yeah, and, but I still have. I get people reading it every month. That's that's hilarious. Yeah, and, and it, it's it's like probably ten x by ten x one of your most popular posts. Yeah, it's not even close. Yeah, it's not even close. And. And there are things that I've written that I'm like, oh, this is really good. And nobody <laughs> yeah. cares. Nobody sees it. Yeah, sure. That's right. Yeah. And, and yeah. so I think what you, what you said is absolutely right. If it's, you have to make the decision, and I have, that the first thing somebody's going to do is check out what I have to say. Yeah. 
in the various mediums. They're going to check out, you know, they're going to check out my Twitter feed. They're, my Facebook profile is public. I'm probably going to change that. You're going to make it private or you're going to delete it? I'm going to make it private yeah. and probably get rid of most all of the casual acquaintances. Yeah. And then if I still want a, pre- a public presence on Facebook, what I'll probably do is do a fan page or something like that. Uh-huh. You know, or a public page rather than... So people can still find you and get back right. to yeah that's right so i still have a i still have a presence there but i reserve my personal account on facebook for very close friends yeah. or family or whatever and uh, to that end i've also started you know on twitter i've i've unfollowed m- probably 70% of the people i was following really when i did that like 2 weeks ago yeah, it, mine ago. was mine was. I did it two or three weeks ago. I just went through and I was like, I never care. I never care who, what this person says. You know, yeah. when's the last time I really looked at that and thought, oh, that's yeah. great. And so I've I've re- drastically reduced it, and I would recommend that for everybody, yeah. just because I think you have this. Well, if you follow me, I'll follow you, kind of thing. And what's the? It just There's creates no noise. Yeah, 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 it just creates noise. Yeah. So I think. I think the topic is timely because you have to the bl- the line is if you allow it is blurred between personal and professional and I think especially if you make a living in technology the line is gone. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you don't have ways to do things privately like path on your iPhone which is a great application for communicating with a very small group of friends or like I said like keeping your Facebook profile private and having a public page if, if, if you need a presence there, just things like that so that you can still have, you know, where you post pictures of your kids or whatever and you're not worried about the whole world seeing them or, yeah. you know, whatever. But I think the, you have to be very, very conscious of the fact that this is the first thing people are going to do is now is find you in these various mediums and – that's what they're going to pay attention to and that's what they're going to care about. Yeah. Yeah. So, so the, the thing that I don't know that we're really addressing here though, is like, why would you want to have these presences? Like I'm, I'm, I keep coming back to this guy. I saw this uh, video on, on YouTube about this kid who had figured out, he says, how to, you know, quadruple or whatever it was, your Wi-Fi access, you know, distance. And so he's got a little piece of cardboard and he glues on a piece of tin foil and he curves it in a certain thing and he puts it around his antenna and he shows how, you know, he can sit out in his car outside and still have his internet access. Mm-hmm. Now, you know, it, it was it's totally, totally jury regular. The guy, like, you know, he probably saw another video about somebody making a Yagi antenna and he tried something similar to it and, and found that, that something sort of worked. And if you look at the way he's got it set up, you know, it, it's not quite a parabola and the antenna isn't quite in the right position. And if you just move the thing back a little bit, he probably, you know, drastically increases range. He doesn't know how it works. But he knew that he figured out sort of a hack, and he's presenting this as a, you know, hack your own Wi-Fi. Do, do kind of something that you can do at home for very cheap to get mm-hmm. your internet working out in your garage or whatever it is. Kind of like my Sonos thing. Yeah, right. Yeah, you're very similar. So his identity was all about 
little hacks that you could do. He had little, if any, actual knowledge about why these things worked. And the way they were presented, presented had nothing to do with how they actually worked. Right. And, and it, it got me to thinking, well, what he's trying to do is trying to write something that, that has a very clickable, uh, uh, you know, link bait type of a headline that a lot of people, and this kid had like a million views of this thing. It was <laughs> no joke. Right. Um, you know, he's curating his, his YouTube channel and it is all focused on getting more subscribers. So subscribe to me, subscribe to me. Now he probably makes a few pennies on, uh, ads that show up because sure. every video has an ad or whatever. So there is the incentive there and maybe that's the reason, but I, I tend to doubt it. Like, why would you want a million followers? You're not going to make money from a million followers. You're going to make money from a million views. So in the sense, like nobody's going around trolling view lists to see what somebody else watched and then they watch that. That doesn't happen. So I, the only thing I can tie that to and attribute that to is just the desire to do have a high number. You know, it's like yeah. you go on, you go on the LinkedIn, how many contacts do you have, you know, no, and after it reaches 500, it just says 500 plus or something. Everybody right. wants to like get the, why is that the thing? And Twitter, you know, you've got, you look at uh, Justin Bieber with however many million tw uh, Twitter followers he has, and they're just passive followers. You know, if you look at a, at a different venue, for example, there is a church in, I, I don't know where it is, like Florida or something. And the, the one guy, the pastor there has a bunch of followers, but when he says something like just an, an unbelievable percentage, something like 60, 75% retweet it, which is, wow. yeah, yeah, it's totally different. And, and Twitter actually saw this happening and they were previous to this really focused on the, you know, Justin Bieber types where many, 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 many people follow and right. then they can, they can sell and they can do the brand thing. But they saw these anomalies where you would get one guy with, you know, fewer followers, but still like a million followers. Mm -hmm. And he would say something and just this avalanche of retweets would happen. And it usually had to do with, you know, some Bible verse for the day or, or some, some thought or something like right. that. It's a very short, concise thing. And he said it and, and it was, it was a true reach network. The way you think of for, uh, uh, you know, the way Twitter can really compound what you say. So one, one way to think about that is, okay, I'm an advertiser. If I can get Justin Bieber to tweet something about what I say, then I know 22 million or whatever the number is, you know, 100 million people have, have seen it, maybe, right? If, if it goes, if that other guy does it, he tweets one thing. Let's say he could tweet, uh, you know, maybe appropriate for his audience, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, Bible software that you can buy. Who knows? Mm -hmm. If that were to be retweeted, I mean, the numbers just blow Justin Bieber away yeah, in terms of absolutely. like how many followers of followers. I mean, it's just a you know, just an incredible number. So they actually sent sent a, a team out to to work on that. People with lots of followers that are heavily retweeted. Hmm. Um, it it came, just got me thinking again about this whole thing. Like, why are you there, and why are you doing what you're doing? I mean, what, what's a what is the value of a, yet another? Uh, Bieber follower versus another, you know, pastor. I wish I had his name, 
this one pastor guy and somebody that actively retweets. Yeah. I mean, totally different, totally different ballparks there. So, uh, I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. And this guy doing the Wi-Fi antenna mod, like, why is he doing that? You know, is it a, just, he's interested to, to have a higher number than anybody else? Uh, I, I it, it's, it's hard for me to understand. I don't, I don't know why it takes a lot of time to make these videos because some of them are, you know, relatively well done. Some are terrible, but some of these things are relatively well done. They obviously went out and got a good camera and, you know, put some serious editing skill into it. They're really dedicated and committed to, and they're answering comments that get left. And I, I just, I have no rational explanation beyond just look at me that drives them to do it. I mean, do you have, a, do you have anything <laughs> I mean, I got nothing. Yeah, I think there's a there's a really funny set of videos called Family History on YouTube. If you do a YouTube search for Family History, it's yeah. these guys in Utah that there. It's I think it's two brothers and a couple of other guys that all went to they grew up together and then went to college together. Yeah, and they now live around each other, and so they started telling. They would tell their kids stories about when all of these guys were young and the stupid things they did and things like that. And what they found is that their kids started telling the stories. <laughs> yeah. And so they started recording. It's an unbelievably brilliant set of films, but they started recording their kids telling the stories. Yeah. And then they would go act them out. That's what, awesome. With, with, <laughs> and they and – they, they, uh, when their kids are talking, they show the adults talking, but it's the kid's voice. And <laughs> and so they've done, I don't know, seven or eight of these videos, and yeah. they are awesome. Yeah. I want to check and, that out. But I, it's the, I asked this. I mean, the videos are very well done. They're hilarious. But I, I, I think I sit back and think I can't imagine the amount of, the amount of time they've spent. Yeah. Is it just putting this together? Thing? Yeah. And, and, and yet. You know, they're not, as far as I know, they're not making any money off of it. They're yeah. just a YouTube kind of a YouTube phenom. Yeah. And I don't, I don't know. I guess the the other question that I would have for you is, you know, we've been doing this podcast for over a year now. Yeah. And when we started it, it was kind of I think we said, you know, we'll talk about technology, and you know, we'll and then we'll, you know, for those of us, for those of you that have been listening for since the beginning. You know, we had the we had a half hour of technology, and then, and then we would talk about a movie or for a half hour. Yeah, and we kind of thought, well, this will be our this will be kind of different and unique, and it was a lot of fun at the beginning, and it's kind of morphed into something completely different. Yeah, but this takes time. I mean, you've got to edit the show every week, and you know, we have to think about what we're going to talk about, and so it's it, we're really have the same the same question about why we do this. Yeah, you know, why we do this podcast, and I think for me, it's because I really enjoy this process, and it it gives you it gives you another microphone essentially to talk about something that you care about, and it's a different audience, right? I, where different people are listening to this show, then read my blog, then follow me on Twitter, and so it's it's just a different avenue. It's a different avenue, but I would say I'd add to that a lot of things. I am too lazy to type mm -hmm. it. It's really a, uh, you know, an outlet that also includes enthusiasm that is harder to 
capture in a blog post. Yeah, I agree. And it's dialogue, whereas blog is monologue. Sure. Yeah, yeah generally, unless you're doing an interview or something. But yeah. blogs are generally monologue. It's just my voice or it's just yours. Oh, I do a lot of monologuing on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed yeah. you do. Yeah, so, no, you, so, so, so we're doing it in a sense uh, because it's a better way to to reach maybe it's a reach a different audience but i think it's a better way to get uh get information out some types of information because some thoughts are not really tweetable and certainly not enough for a blog post and i will interject them in a in a podcast yeah so it it does stand on its own as sort of a third leg of the stool here mm-hmm. you know you I got agree. you got you got tweets that are you know, ephemeral. They basically, you put them out there, they're short, they disappear. You don't really expect somebody years from now is going to come back and read them, although they, maybe they will. Um, blog post, evergreen content, generally a lot longer than a tweet, stuff that's going to sit around and years from now, you're going to come back. Mm-hmm. Podcast, not searchable like, like uh, a blog might be, although that'll probably change as speech recognition happens for Google. Uh, but it, it's, uh, it's a more off the cuff type of a, it's a less scripted type of a medium. So I, I think the three of them together, that, that kind of concisely fits me. I also yeah. do a video podcast on YouTube very infrequently though, called the well-tempered hacker where I took, I look at various technologies in depth and I, uh, uh talk about the possibilities of what, what could be done. It's all kind of visual demonstration. Um, but for the most part, it's really just those three things. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I'm still baffled by why people do this. If, if any of our listeners have good explanations as to why that is, maybe tell us what you're, you know, why you're online, why you're posting, why you're uh, cultivating your, your online identity. It's a curation of sorts. Actually, one quick other point uh, about Twitter I've also changed the the things that I tweet. I no longer retweet things I just agree with. Uh, yeah, I think that's important because on when you're curating a Twitter feed, it's really uh, and people if they're if you are constantly agreeing with somebody, somebody else could just as easily go follow that person. That's right. So a retweet once in a blue moon is all that you ever should do. Yeah, I agree. And you want, I think it's you, if it, if it's, if your Twitter feed is just, you know, something that you do for fun, then it's fine to do all of that. I sure. think if you're trying to have your own voice, then your content has to be original on every medium. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, as you said, it's, I may as well go, if you're constantly retweeting Kevin Rose, I may as well just go follow Kevin yeah, go Rose. Follow, sure. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. And, or whoever that person might be. Yeah. And I think, I think it's a, and it's really hard to do. Yeah. And what I've, what I've, when I made the deci- this decision a few weeks ago to stop, you know, just retweeting and and all of that sort of thing, but really think about, okay, is this something that people that follow me would care about that they wouldn't normally see? I think that's a good reason to do it. Yeah. But it's a what I've found is that it's very, very difficult to on a given day to come up with original thought mm-hmm. and that's the challenge mm-hmm. if you're going to do it and you're going to be in this space and you're going to have some an online identity that 
that you want people to pay attention to, then your thoughts have to be good enough for people to pay attention to them on their own. Sure. Yeah. I think. Yeah, agreed. It's it's I, and I think if you don't have something that's like, you know, what your mom always said to you when you were a kid, if you don't have something nice to say, right? Don't say it. Don't tweet it if you don't have something. Don't right. don't just tweet the tweet uh yeah. because that's that's just adding to the noise. Well, I think that's about all the time we have for uh the show today. Thanks a lot for listening. Uh we're online at 353rd.com. Uh please uh give us a rating in iTunes. If you like the show, it helps other people find us. That's probably our number one source for, for people finding us. If you like what we're, uh, what we're talking about, uh, get in touch. Let us know what you think. Thanks for listening.